Yes, welcome in, ladies and gents, boys and girls. This is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Yeah, it's great to be back behind the mics once again. A week is very long indeed in the NFL. Plenty of stuff has happened since we were last behind the mics. And here to talk all about it are the two other men on the screen in the huddle room. Tonight, start off with Steve at the bottom of the screen. Steve, evening, mate. How are you tonight? Hello. Yeah, good. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Uh, uh, franchise tags being placed like nobody's business. Contracts extensions going out. Yeah, it's all happening. It's all happening. Who knows at free agencies next week? You could never have guessed. Indeed, mate. It's all heating up indeed, isn't it? And, of course, a man who woke up very happy this morning with the news that broke from Dallas, and we'll get on to that very shortly. But, Tim, welcome you, mate. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. It's been a while since I've actually been behind the mic. So, um, yeah, long, long-awaited return. Um, yeah, a bit annoying that I kind of prepped for this podcast all yesterday and the day before because it's all kind of gone out the window. It's, uh, I didn't realise the deadline was well, the franchise deadline today. So, yeah, I've, I've learned that one for next year. No, absolutely, mate. And just on that, like you said, plenty of graphics coming in and out tonight. Some of them might need a little bit of updating. We're trying to keep up as quickly as we can. But uh, as we say, things do indeed happen quickly. You'll see that the topics that we're going to go through, Dak's New Deal, the New York Jets and what they do or don't do with Sam Darnold, the Washington football team, how are they going to address their quarterback position, what the Jaguars need to do during this off-season, obviously one of the UK's most supported franchises. Uh, so we'll look at what lies ahead for them. We'll have a look at the teams that have got the most salary cap to play with. Could be a real advantageous year to have plenty of cap space with the uh, reduction with the pandemic. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit free agency in terms of one or two moves that we would like to see. And then we'll talk about our favourite live NFL moments as hopefully we're getting back towards normality in life as we know it. And who knows, we might even get some live NFL in the UK this year. Wouldn't that be amazing? So let's start then, fellas. The only place that we can start, Dak's new deal. Tim, it would uh, seem wrong for me not to, to come to you on this one. Obviously broke overnight. Huge money involved, mate. Uh, but I know you must be pleased with your Cowboys hat on. Yeah, I am. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna not gonna be at the band of bush. Um, Dak Prescott probably um, probably woke up this morning and played this little song to himself, didn't he? <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Money, 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 money. Do you reckon he strapped on the million dollar belt? Well, the first thing. Uh, he put, he put, yeah, he probably bought and bought one, didn't he? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> everyone, everyone seemingly does have a price, and the Dallas Cowboys did uh, eventually, obviously, pay up. Um, you know, four years. Um, I, I, on, on obviously on the on the first look, of it, obviously it was reported as a four year deal, uh, which surprised me uh, a little bit, considering you know, obviously last year that the, you know, the length was one of the the sticking points between Dak and you know, his agent and, and the Cowboys. But it, yeah, if you look into it, is actually six years with the back end two being voided off. Um, 
And, you know, Cowboys actually did want a five-year deal last year. And if you think that, you know, they've had this franchise tag plus this four years, they have essentially get their five-year deal. And, you know, if you if you look at the the money over the, the, the period, it's, it averages out to about 38 million a year. Obviously, your, 40, your 40s is the one that's going to be, you know, easily divisible when you look at four years, 160 million. Um you know, but I, I think you know there will be there's going to be people on both sides of the fence. It's just the nature of the game. Um, you know, on the plus side for Dallas, they'll they'll have a 15 million saved in cap space this year, which helps them if they want to make a run and go all in kind of this year. You know, they've certainly got the offense and uh, defense. Obviously, needs a bit of tooling up. But um, yeah, now as a, as a fan, very happy. I I I, I said when we when I sent the rundown last week in preparation for this, you know. We we put I, I put the question: Do you think he'll get a new deal or not? And I was quite adamant he would get a new deal uh, to, to the point where I bought a Dak Prescott jersey last week uh, that I'm still waiting for. Otherwise, I would have worn it today with absolute pride. Um, yeah, happy as Cowboys fan. Just hoping now we can we can uh, you know Dan Quinn can sweat the defense out a little bit and we can we can make a kind of a run or at least at least have a win, winning record in the NFC East, which uh, probably going to be good enough, isn't it? Let's be honest. Could well be, Steve. You're obviously a fan in that division, um, so you know to get it from a, a rival's perspective. What what do you think of the deal? I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily too surprised that they that he signed. I didn't think he'd have gone anywhere else. I just I was surprised it was now. I thought he'd play one more year on the tag, and then that would potentially put him in an even better position to then try and negotiate an even bigger deal next season. But I guess with his injury, has his injury forced his hand? Um, I don't know. But even then, if it has forced his hand, he's still come out of it the second highest bit quarterback of all time. So he hasn't done too bad, has he? Um, interesting stat I found that. Um, from the 2015 and 2016 NFL drafts, only one of the 22 quarterbacks selected in those drafts remains with their original team, and that is Dak Prescott, uh, which is astonishing. 22 quarterbacks and only one is still there. So, um, My concern from the flip side of this is that um, if you look at what's just happened with the likes of Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and potentially what might be happening with... Um, uh, with Deshaun Watson, Watson in Houston, um, is it now becoming a risk to give quarterbacks these huge contracts when if they have one bad season or if they get injured, they're gone, they're out of the door because you can't afford to to then have a quarterback that's not playing at a top five level. Um, mm. So that's an interesting question and I wonder if the big blockbuster contracts could be on the, on the downfall moving forward because if you're not a top five caliber quarterback, are you going to get the deal or are the, are the teams going to roll the dice again? So it's it's certainly interesting, but it, it, it was a bit of a surprise, I must say. Yeah, I, I think it's sort of really, unfortunately for the Cowboys, the way they've handled the last few years, they've kind of almost hamstrung themselves into this position. Um, you know, as you've said there, Dak's now being paid the second highest quarterback in the NFL. Is he the second best quarterback in the NFL? I think even Tim's going to struggle to argue that one if we're being completely honest. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he's bad at all. You know, he's a very, very good quarterback. Um, you know, but you mentioned two quarterbacks there. He obviously was in the same draft as Goff and Wentz. Um, incredibly similar career stats. You know, not a huge amount between them. Um, you know, obviously that came out the draft a lot lower, so expectations weren't as high. And he's, he's certainly out, you know outperformed. You know, potentially what his expectations would have been. Um, you know, but essentially, like I said, the Cowboys, Tim mentioned the defence there. That was obviously the big problem last year. When Dak was healthy last year, they were putting up a ton of points and they still had a losing record by the time that Dak ultimately, you know, his season came to an abrupt end. Um, the, the Cowboys better hope that this offence goes because they have got a hundred million of cap space invested in just six players on the offence. 
That's three of the starting offensive linemen. That's Collins, um, Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin. Um, and then they've got Cooper, Elliott, and Dak. Um, essentially, like I say, 100 million in those six players on offense. Um, that rises by 2022 to 125 million. You know, there's not a, not a lot of easy get out clauses in these contracts for them either. You've then got Demarcus Lawrence, who's obviously got paid in recent years. He's on huge money. I think he's 25 million cap hit this year. So those six players plus one defender are making up 125 million out of a you know potential 180 million cap figure. So I think it's great news for the Cowboys in as much as they've got their guy. But because they've paid so many guys previously, <laughs> you're almost in this position there where, you know, I say it, they need to win pretty quickly because the yeah. window is going to be extremely short. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you'll see um, Zeke, and that there's a few there's a few of those names that you called out that are probably going to be getting restructured contracts, uh, and the Dak Prescott contract as well. Just look at it; yeah, it isn't it isn't the worst after on in, in 2023 either. So, um, you know, because of the way they've they've structured it, it's actually it's one of the, one of the few contracts they've actually structured quite well, and. Uh, and uh, they've actually been a bit shrewd about it, so uh, yeah, that's, that's unusual. As a Cowboys fan, that doesn't usually happen. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's they, they, I, th- I think it's going to be telling to see what they what they back that up with in, in free agency. Um, you know, it is time to put up or, or in a shut up now for Dak. It'd be interesting to see what he can do. They could say his biggest knock is his one playoff win. Um, you know. We, we can now focus on the defence in, in the draft and maybe an O-line piece as well. But you know, let's not forget as well, let, Mike McCarthy, this probably changes their outlook for him as well because he's now he's got the, he's got the quarterback for, for three or four years um, and he's got all the tools, especially on offence. Obviously, Dan Quinn's got to do some bits on the defence. But be interesting to see if the leash changes for Mike McCarthy or whether or not that kind of signals, OK, we're going to give you a couple of years that we till, you know, two years until we could technically get out of Dak's contract if we, if we wanted to do or, or moving on. So, um, yeah, interesting dynamic there. It's probably just a kind of a, a, a surplus to requirements in terms of narrative but yeah very interesting i think you made a good point sean that like it puts real pressure on the team to win now this year or next year because they have to hit on this draft they have to pick up you know a good i think your two cornerbacks are both um out of contract aren't they the starting cornerbacks from last year so you know they, they have to be picking up these free agents that have got to hit the ground running and start straight away and next year the cap number is probably going to be squeezed even tighter with those six contracts that you're talking about can they win straight away i mean the, the good news is for, for cowboys fans is the nfc east is not not particularly uh, competitive at the moment and so if you can put together a run it, it could be said that you could you could quite easily take the nfc east but then going further that is a whole other ball game um especially with the repeat contenders in the nfc every year you know your saints your your packers your now the buccaneers they're going to be there every year are the cowboys good enough to beat any of those teams i'm not sure i don't know yeah, it will be interesting to watch, but like I say, Dak uh, tied up for the next four years and you know one of the significant quarterback dominoes has fallen back in the position that uh, he was in at the back end of last season. Another quarterback that could potentially be on the way out, and of course we're talking Sam Darnold here of the New York Jets, talk that there's as many as eight teams that have rang up and inquired about what the price would be for Sam Darnold. Steve, the Jets are obviously picking at number two in the draft. Um, obviously, a lot of people will say um, you know, that they stupidly won games at the back end of last year when Trevor Lawrence was very much in play and they won those two end-of-season games. Let's assume Trevor Lawrence is off the board, um, unless the Jaguars really surprise everybody. 
Uh, they're obviously going to have quarterbacks in play potentially. They've got Donald on the roster. What what would you do if you were the GM in that situation? So I think if if I'm Joe Douglas, I think I'm taking a quarterback. I think the situation is too good for them not to do it. Um, the guys that are going to be available, the likes of Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, are both uh, really good players. They've got great metrics. They're athletic. They're good passes. They're accurate. And they can run with the ball. They're, they're a complete package. Yes, they're young and obviously they're rookies and they're going to take some bedding into a team. But if you're giving a new head coach his new weapon, um, I think it's it's too good to be true. And I think the main reason I say that is because of the draft situation that New York is in this year. They already have... Um, they already have two first-rounders this year, and obviously they're on second. If they can trade Sam Darnold and maybe pick up a second, I think a second is probably a, a, a fair uh, compensation for him, maybe a, a high-level third. If they get a second, they'd have four picks in the first two rounds, which is which is a, a, an amazing amount of draft capital to be, be able to pump in. You take, Zach, let's say, Zach Wilson. I don't know if they're going to pick him, but let's say they take him. You've then got three further picks before the second round finishes. So then load it with talent. And let's not forget, they're also, they've are also they got a huge amount of, of cap space as well. So I think that they, they roll the dice again. I don't think Donald is good enough to warrant them gambling on him. You know, the league is transforming into this... Uh, the NFL that we see nowadays where to win, to, to go all the way, you have to have a, a top five to ten quarterback. It, it just doesn't happen without it. It's, it. And teams are proving it time and time again that if you don't have that top five to ten guy, you're just not going to get all, you're not going to go all the way. Um, and I think teams are now more and more starting to realise if they don't have a top five or ten guy, or can that guy get to that level? No, they're going to get him out of the building and they're going to roll the dice again. Um, and it's becoming happening more and more often. You know, you look at uh, Carson Wentz has been traded, Jared Goff has been traded. You know, the, the, the Seahawks are thinking about Russell Wilson if, if reports are to be believed. The same with Deshaun Watson. Like, it looks like no no QB safe anymore unless they are that top top tier QB. So, yeah, I would I would roll the dice. I would take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, roll the dice, start again, and see if you can get Donald out of the building. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think it, it's one of those that. I think there are just probably a few more QB, I wouldn't say necessarily needy, but certainly QB um, teams that potentially are more ready to pull the trigger on a QB early. I mean, I think sort of somewhere in the six to nine spot of the draft is almost the sort of sweet spot. And, you know, you've got the Eagles there, and now they've obviously got, um, you know, they only picked up what second round quarterback last year. And, you know, you'd think that they're probably going to roll the dice there and see what they've got. But obviously in Detroit, is there really, um, you know, an affection to Jared Goff or is that really just part of a trade to to get Stafford out of there? The Panthers are the one that really scream out trade potential at eight. Um, I think it's pretty much certain that Teddy Bridgewater is not uh, the starter there in the eyes of Matt Rule. Um, you know, could they move up from eight to two potentially? You know, you could be talking first round pick obviously this year, next year, you know, potentially you could be getting some second or third rounders added onto that as well. Um, and I don't think it stops the Jets then potentially picking up a quarterback in that range. You know, it could well be that the draft plays out that they end up and Justin Fields, for example, still might be there at number eight in the draft, um, depending on the way that it falls out. Um, I just think it's one of those strange ones, really, that I think you could make a convincing argument either way. Um, I mean, Tim just flashed Donald's career stats up, and you know, let's be honest, they're not particularly great, are they? 60% completion on his passes, just a shade under. Pretty much a one-for-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. 
Um, you know, he's certainly not been anything near the prospect that people thought he was going to be coming out of the draft. You know, a lot of people had him as the number one QB in that class. That class, if you remember back, had got Mayfield, Donald, Josh Allen, uh, Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson. All five of those guys went in the first round. You know, and obviously, you know, Josh Rosen aside, you know, at the other four, Donald, you would probably rank as number four out of those guys. I don't think there's any doubt about that in terms of what they've delivered so far. But he is still only young. Um, you know, I think he gets a little bit of a free pass because of the lack of talent around him. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, Robert Salah's coming in. He's very much a defensive guy. Um, I just think that's, that, that's, for me, the reason that it's difficult to really put a handle on this. You know, if it was an offensive-minded coach, then I think potentially the writing would definitely be on the wall. I think the fact that it's a, a guy that specialises on the defensive side of the ball might be the thing that saves Sam Donald in year one while, you know, Robert Sutherland looks more at putting his defensive pieces together. Um, you know, that could be the reason that it uh, it ends up as it is. Hmm. It kind of smells like Josh Rosen 2.0, doesn't it, with the Jets at two? But um, like just, just for me, though, if you're the Carolina Panthers, just for now, they're just thinking that's in my head. If you, you've got pick 39, do you send that to the Jets for Sam Donald? I think it's certainly it's certainly a good idea. Um, is is Sam Donald another Teddy Bridgewater though? Like possibly, like, yeah, possibly. Into the the, the the point I just made, like you know, is is he good enough to take the Panthers to the next level, or is that just another bridge gap for one year until they get another role and they have someone better? So whoever whoever wants to pick up Donald and and Sean, you said that several teams have been calling about him. Um, whether or not that's to be believed, I don't know, but. You know, if whoever picks him up, be it the Bears, be it you know Carolina, um, they've got to be you know thinking that yes, there's definitely someone there who just haven't had the roll of the dice in in New York, hasn't had the receivers or the or the pieces around him. I I, I think the Jets stay. I think the Jets trade back from two. I think they'll keep Sam Darnold purely because yes, they've got a lot of cap and similar to the Jags, like they can just roll roll it all over to next year. They're not going to be a good competing team next year. So have another top five pick next year, then you can do what you want, moving up and get, getting the guy who you want. Uh, who's to say that we don't know who the QBs, what they're going to look like a, a year from now? But I, do, I just think that you know, again, it's dependent on what the willing the teams like Carolina or maybe you know, Washington might want to do it to and give them to trade up. I just think if there's too many holes on that Jets on that Jets squad uh, and Salah like I say he can he can with a plethora of picks can just can mould it to however he wants to, to run his defence and again to, to Sean's point I think because he is a defensive coach I think they'll give Donald a year to see what he's got and I say he's used to working with a crap QB in San Francisco so um, <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't help it couldn't help it um, so I, I think they'll roll with Donald. I don't I don't think they'll get back from what they want you know say if you're Carolina or if you're someone you know picking early in the first round why not yeah, try you know, even if you're Washington, like just try and do a deal where maybe you give away pick twenty two or whatever it is, and then get some seconds back or or work it out, and you can get Donald that way if they want Donald. But um, yeah, if I'm if I'm the Jets, I'm I'm not selling Donald purely on the fact that I'm not getting my return mm. on investment. I I, sh- I feel probably uh, that he, sh- he should be getting, but he's not showing it on the field. I mean, those that's what I showed. He he, he had what eighteen hundred yards last year. That Prescott played five games and literally nearly had as many as he did, or even maybe had more. It's just 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 mind boggling but yeah it's a shame really but it happens not every not every qb like uh, like steve said in the, in the Dak prescott draft class they're not all good you know what i mean they don't all transfer over so 
but fascinating, fascinating to, to see. I, I guess just just quickly, I guess it, it it depends on what they think of the of the QBs that are going to be there. You know, do are they do they like Zach Wilson? Do they like Justin Fields? Or even maybe even Trey Lance? Like, if they think that one of those guys is the guy, then they'll take him. You have to because yeah. I mean, maybe New York Jets are a bit different, but you're not always in the spot where you can pick a second in the draft. So if you're there and you can take him, you take him. And, and yeah. but eventually, on the flip side of that, eventually you've got to stop picking QBs. How many QBs have the Jets picked in the last ten? years in the draft like you've got to stop picking up eventually you know yeah you certainly have mate you certainly have a team that potentially might want to help a QB falls to them is the Washington football team um new since last week they've released Alex Smith which I don't think was any huge surprise as fabulous as a story as it was he obviously wasn't quite the same player uh, you know, as to be expected, um, and obviously mobility was a big part of his game. That's obviously now severely restricted with what's happened to him. Um, so he's been released, um, and quietly Taylor Heineke, uh, the playoff uh, hero almost with his uh, heroic performance against the the Buccaneers, re-signed for a couple of, of years. So Heineke, as things stand, is essentially slated to start. Um, I mean, you know, for what we know today, I, I think he probably deserves a shot at starting. Um, you know, he played very well in that very small sample size. You've got to remember this is a Buccaneers defence that absolutely terrorised supposedly the best offence in football in Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs during the Super Bowl. You know, admittedly, yeah, they hadn't got all of their pieces available on that night, but, you know, that's that's the NFL, isn't it? You know, it's next man up and all the rest of it. Um, Heineke played very, very well indeed. Um, you know, in terms of Washington, where they pick in, is it 19, something like that? Uh, maybe a bit lower than that. Um, you know, but you could have somebody there like Mac Jones, potentially. They could potentially address it on day two with somebody in the likes of Kyle Trask or somebody potentially falling into the, the sort of second round. Um, but let's face it, this, this defence is what's really going to carry Washington. Um, you know, that was the... The, uh, the absolute juggernaut of this team last year, you know, and, and that potentially only gets better, you know, there's a lot of young guys across that defensive front. Um, so, yeah, obviously quarterback does need addressing in some way, shape or form. There's potential, obviously, of some veterans in play. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously wants somewhere to play again um, next year. You know, he seems like a pretty obvious choice to come in. Uh, if they think they really are in a position to compete, you know what you get with Fitzpatrick, but, you know, they may well say, "Well, we'll take the you know the the, the chances of some turnovers and that kind of thing because we trust their defense to to sort of keep us sweet." Um, and obviously, Fitzpatrick makes more than his fair share of play. So, I, I think in terms of Washington, I just think they'll let it play out and they'll let it fall to them. If someone's there that they like at number nineteen in the draft, they may well take a punt. Um, you know, but I think they're they're going to be you know, fairly content with Heineke. And like I said, I think they probably will add somebody through free agency um, to obviously provide a bit of veteran presence. But um, I, I don't like it. Yeah, I said to, I said back in December that, you know, we, we discussed whether or not when Washington went on their little run, I, and we said, should they should they be tanking or should they be winning games? And precisely, like, I'm not, it's not an I told you so segment, but... You know, picking at nineteen is a hell of a lot different between picking between six and ten. You know, if there is, they, they make no bones about it. They are pretty much a QB away from being decent contenders in the NF, in the NFC as a whole. Um, that defense, yes, will carry them. But why have a why have a limited ceiling? 
yes, Tyler Heineke will start, and you know, whether that's the right, you know, I think he's a guy to mention who's 2.0 personally, not with just without a mustache. But, um, you know, if, if they were picking and were, has say, swapped with the Cowboys or the Giants record or, or the Eagles record, you, you're at 8, 9, 10. You, could, you don't have to do a lot, just throw a, a second round pick or, or whatever. Like I say, you're only a quarterback, maybe a wide receiver, maybe a, what, a tackle, uh, which you can get, uh, you can get free agency because they've got a lot of cap space as well. Um, they, they could literally could be going, you know, from, from, worst to worst to first um and i, I say I, I just think it was i i get you played to win the game i just think they've just put themselves in a bit of a bind because you now to get from 19 to five or six or or whatever i just think they're gonna have to give up way too much and i don't think ron rivera and, and the guys in you know, schneider and all the rest of them uh, i don't think they'll they'll do it because i don't think they I just don't think they would. They they'll probably feel the same in the Heineke. Oh, let's roll with him for another year. But another year that passes, that's another year that the defense you know grows older and gets nearer to, to having to redo contracts. You know that 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 defensive line that's got four or five first round picks is going to have to be re-signed at some point. And it's just missing an opportunity. Which you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm loving that. Like, you know, keep keep Heineke at starting quarterback. I don't care. And I um you know we'll, we'll talk a bit later on free agents fancies. And we've we've mentioned a couple of quarterbacks and I do fancy. Yeah, you know, one one should be going to Washington. I uh, just think they're missing out a little bit personally. Uh, but yeah, fair play to Heine. God got his contract played well. Just don't think he's he's going to be. He, he's just got such a limited ceiling. And you saw it in 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 the games last year. Like they didn't score a lot of points. They didn't do. They didn't move the ball very well. Uh, and again, it was just a kind of a grind and a ground and pound kind of uh, approach. Just don't don't think it. Just just need just get a quarterback in there, and they'll they'll be easily NFC Championship contenders in my in my view. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Tim. I think that um, Heineke will be the starter. Um, I think he deserves it. I think he played well enough last year to deserve a shot at it. But also just because I don't think there's any chance of them getting into a position where they could take, you know, one of the the top four. But you know, do you do you roll the dice on say a Mac Jones from Alabama? Is he good enough? I don't know. Um, and then you know they're, they're picking 19th this year around. I remember in, back in 2016 when when the Eagles traded up to number two to take Wentz, they were 13th in the in the draft in that year. They traded to, to Miami's number eight, and they traded away two players to get to number eight. And then they traded with uh, the Browns to get to number two, and traded two first rounders and the second rounder to get there. So that's a lot of capital to get from 13 to two, to get from 19 to maybe four or five. You know, they're not going to trade with Philly for six, and then after six, there's QB needy teams anyway. So you know, it's going to take a lot to get up there if that's the way they want to go. So I don't think they will. I don't think they'll. Um, I don't think they'll want to uh, remortgage the franchise on, on on getting up to a to take a QB this. Uh, and, and interesting enough and funny enough it's come around full circle I said it at the time and the Eagles not winning in week 17 doesn't really look so silly now does it you know it, it, it's it, we, it was funny when we talked about it at the time it's, it's one of those contentious issues of should you always be playing to win but actually for Washington it's, it, they've almost shot themselves in the foot because the other teams have such poor records that had they have, had they have lost that game they probably would be picking like you said like 7th or 8th or something like that and then that's you know you are, you're spot on they are one quarterback away from being a real potential contender but actually you know with that not there then it, the whole the whole uh, picture shifts yeah I, ju- I just do hate the argument though i really hate the argument about whether you should or shouldn't be winning essentially apart from the tampa bay buccaneers now everybody wishes they'd lost all 16 games now last season everybody now would want to pick first you know there's only one team that can pick first and ultimately 
you know, we just spent the last, what, 20 minutes or so discussing a quarterback that was picked at number three and a team that traded up capital to get to number three. And how's that panned out? It hasn't worked. You know, we talked about Dak Prescott, you know, rightly or wrongly getting paid a mega monster new contract. He was nowhere near one of the first quarterbacks taken in that draft. All picking earlier in the draft guarantees you is an opportunity to have a bigger selection doesn't give you any guarantee of anything. I think Washington will just sit where they are. If a QB there like falls to them, they'll take a chance with it. And and good luck to them. You know, I don't think they need any sort of guarantee of picking first, second or whatever in the draft and saying, well, you know, that's that's a surefire ticket. It doesn't guarantee you anything. So we will wait and see how it does indeed play out. Washington are one of the teams with plenty of cap space to spend in the off-season, um, but I'm jumping ahead of myself, same as I did last week. I could see Tim panicking there, but I've realised my mistake before I've gone too far. So let's uh, let's go back to the, the pretty much surefire thing of the NFL draft, and that's, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars picking number one overall. I don't think anybody now thinks it's going to be anybody other than Trevor Lawrence. That's pretty much been set in stone. Um, yeah, I think that would probably be the biggest surprise of the entire draft if he doesn't end up going there. Um, so that will be probably pick number one. Um, but the Jags are then slated to pick another four times within the first 65 picks of the draft. Um, yeah, they're obviously going to have a very, very young team. Um, you know, and ultimately they've got the most cap space to spend as well. So, you know, you would look at this as the ideal rebuilding job for a new GM and head coach. Um, that's obviously why it was an attractive opening. Um, but as you can see there, Tim's put down big needs, quarterback, left tackle, tight end, other needs, cornerback, safety, defensive line, running back. It's not as though this cupboard has got an awful lot in it. It's quite bare to start with. Um, and they've already got a very, very young nucleus of players um, You know, to start with. I think, personally, the best thing that they can do here is literally draft best player available. I don't think they need to go looking for these particular needs and sort of plug and play people in these positions. Um, I think they just go with best player available on the board. And if I was the Jags, I would be probably rolling over as much cap space into next season as I possibly can because they've already got a young team. I don't think they're going to be competing for anything this year. Um and, you know, I would therefore be looking at this as a chance to evaluate the talent that's on the roster, give these young guys some experience, and then potentially in 12 months' time where these players have then got a full season of NFL game time under the belts, um, you know, teams are still going to be reading from the knock-on effects of the sort of revised salary cap and, and you know, there's a lot of teams battling against the salary cap, it seems, this off-season more so than any other season. Uh, the Jags could be in a really, really strong position here, um, you know, and ultimately, you know, it will be a couple of years before they can realistically start really talking about uh, challenging, I would suggest, in the AFC South. So that that's probably what I would do. Um, Steve, what's your view on it, mate? Yeah, I, th- I think this has got shades of of back sort of um, five or six years ago, you know, um, at the start of the, the Gus Bradley era when, you know, they um, they, they had that really young team and they, they picked up guys on, on defence around that sort of time, like guys like Miles Jack and, and all those young defensive pieces that helped take them to that AFC Championship in 2017. Um, and if they, can, if they can get that young nucleus, like you said, together again and then build from the youth that they've got then yeah that carry that 
cap space over when the cap next year is likely to be much higher again without the, the COVID restrictions, then they could have a, a ton of space to pick up some, you know, then you've got your, your quarterback, we're assuming Trevor Lawrence, you know, put some pieces around him and then, and then um, you know, build from there. So, yeah, I think, I think you're, you're pretty much spot on there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see which way they go. Like I said, Trevor Lawrence is obviously a very good building block for anybody to potentially start from, though, assuming that he obviously translates into can, the pros. You can take left tackle off the knees as well, because the uh, franchise tagged Cam Robinson as well today. So. <laughs> mm, not, not too sure on that myself, personally. I think Cam Robinson's okay, but is he a premier left tackle? I, I, I'm not too... Not too sure. I suppose the franchise tag boys than twelve months to evaluate it, but uh, he feels like a real contender to be massively overpaid when he does get a contract, which probably leads us on quite nicely to those teams that have got the most cap space to play with. Obviously, again, like I said right at the outset, we put these graphics together yesterday. Things may well have changed a little bit um, with certain moves that are happening. News coming thick and fast as we prepare these graphics yesterday. These were the five teams that had the most cap space. Uh, the Jags, the Jets, uh, the Patriots, Washington and Indianapolis. I think Cincinnati are in and around that sort of area as well. So if we include Cincinnati for the benefit of the discussion, chaps, they're the, goy- they're the teams that have got the most cap space to play with. Like I said, it's probably an advantageous year to have the cap space available um, you know, obviously, two or three years ago, when teams were sort of putting their uh, contracts together, nobody would have had any idea what was around the corner. Uh, but obviously, those teams potentially in a good position to strike. Steve, out of those teams, who do you think's probably going to have the best shot at having the longest run in the uh, NFL 2021 season? I think the obvious choice is the Colts, um, but so much of that is dependent upon how Wentz plays. You know, if if, if he's a bust and he goes back to the 2020 season that he's just had, they could be eight and eight and right, you know, seven and nine right back at the beginning again next year. Um, so I think they're the obvious choice, but I'm, I, you know, again, there's so many questions there about the about the quarterback position. Uh, there's a theme on this podcast this week, isn't there? We're, we're very quarterback heavy this week. It's almost as if it's the most important position in on the field, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the Jags and the Jets have got too much of a rebuild going on, and I, and you, you look at how teams have historically fared when they've had repeat years with with picks high in the draft. You know, it's often you know poorly run organisations that just don't get it right. Um, so I think there's too much of a rebuild there, but I certainly wouldn't write them off going into next year if they can hit on a couple of draft picks and hit on a couple of free agents as well but I think mine mine like sort of dark horses would be would be the Bengals who I do apologize when I looked it up they were fifth so <laughs> thank you for including them um I think they could be the dark horses but again so much is dependent upon Burrow and if he can come back from that a nasty ACL and MCL tear um if he does come back and he can he can get up to a good level of, of play again. If they can pick up uh, Penisol, the left, the, the generational left tackle at number five, then they could really put some pieces around him. You know, there's a couple of good receivers still left that haven't been tagged, because I know a few have just been tagged, including Alan Robinson. Um, you know, they, they could look at adding a couple of good receivers to give him some more op- uh, ammunition, and and I think they could certainly uh, mount a charge. But again, the difficulty with that is that they're in such a tough division. Um, you know, are they going to win that division? Probably not. So again it goes back to the question it's really difficult to pick really difficult to pick yeah Tim what are your thoughts 
Yeah, I pretty much echo. So I won't, I won't double for too long. But yeah, I think Indianapolis are just one or two bits. They'll probably double a lot more than all the other teams in free agency. You know, wide receiver, but, um, and I think they left do need left tackle as well. And is it Costanzo that's that's retired? So Trent Williams, someone like Trent Williams, uh, who's what thirty three, he'll be a, he'll be a perfect fit there for for the for the Colts. But yeah, I, I fully expect Colts out of those lot to be to be the guy in the furthest. I think the Patriots are the interesting one there for me. Um, I just think, yeah, they're right in the middle of that uh, graphic, you know, 66 million to spend. You know, don't forget they had an awful lot of players opt out in the COVID year last year. They're going to be getting Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, three real key significant contributors back. Um, they've also added Trent Brown today back on the team um, in mm. a bit of a surprising trade, of effectively swapping a bag of peanuts with the the Raiders, which was a very strange trade for a guy that got paid so much money last year. And he's an absolute huge man mountain of a human being. Um, obviously, a lot's going to depend on the quarterback position. Let's not dwell on it too long, fellas. We've talked quarterback for long enough. You know, that's obviously the big question mark there. Um, obviously, the cam experiment didn't work. But let's be honest, you know, I think Bill Belichick's going to be quite hurt by some of the narrative that developed at the back end of last year. You know, if anybody could have won the Super Bowl last year, of course, it had to be Tom Brady, which obviously created the narrative. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I think personally that argument needs to be separated. I think that can both be fantastic in their own right. Then, you know, I don't think one needs the other or, or vice versa. Um, but obviously, Bill will be looking to, to sort of get, uh, you know, get the Patriots back competitive, you know, you would obviously strongly fancy Buffalo to take the division, um, yeah. But I think the probably crazier scenarios than the uh, than the Patriots back in the playoffs. And obviously, if they were to get there, then uh, they've certainly got the uh, the nose to to get the job done, haven't they? Uh, we've said there's news developing and breaking all the time, fellas. So again, we'll, we'll flash some graphics up, talk about some of the free agents that are still out there. It obviously kicks off in earnest. Officially next week, uh, the legal, I love that, the legal tampering period um, starts officially on Monday. Free agency, I believe, kicks off on Wednesday, but trust me, by next Monday, you'll probably know where some of these gentlemen will be playing their football next year. Obviously, Alan Robinson uh, now being officially franchise tagged by the Chicago Bears. Mm. Kenny Golladay, one of the big names on there that I think it's been confirmed, won't be getting the franchise mm. tag from the Detroit Lions, so he potentially becomes um you know arguably the uh, the best receiver oh, yeah. available um yeah. godwin tag um, by bucks as well as a yeah well there you go that, that was obviously going to be an interesting one what the books were going to do running back wise aaron jones probably the biggest name on there certainly the one that uh Probably will draw the most attention if someone is going to be prepared and willing to pay a running back. You've got a few other guys on there. Gus Edwards, I think the, the Ravens have sort of said that uh, one way or another, the Gus bus will be back in Baltimore next year. Um, and then obviously just a whole heap of other guys that are out there. Um, that <laughs> just, a <laughs> just a bunch of guys. Just a bunch of guys. Just a bunch of guys that play multiple different positions. So um, obviously, like I said, you know, scratch Dak Prescott off the list, but the rest of the guys, pretty much to my knowledge, fellas, unless anything's broken in the last few minutes, um, will indeed hit free agency. The likes of Brandon Scherf has been has been tagged. Do you know what? Just forget all these graphics, fellas. Yeah, just, just forget, <laughs> just just forget them all. Trust yeah. me, there will be a ton of players hitting free agency. Uh, Hunter yeah. Henry definitely going to free yeah. agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, like you said, plenty Mar- of 
Yeah. yeah. Plenty, plenty, plenty of shopping to be done. So just very quickly, fellas, just get, get a couple of moves that you would like to see happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be for your own teams, but uh, just a couple of moves you'd like to see. Tim, let's start with you. Mm, yeah. Um, so per- personally, I'd, I'd like to, to see a vet, a vet corner come in, someone like a Richard Sherman, Buster Screen, um, Bashar Breland from from the Chiefs, maybe Jason McCourty. Like I say, if, we, if we're in a one or two year window here, those are the guys you go after. They're cheap enough. You know, Richard Sherman, I think, was tabbed for about nine million. I think he'll quite get that. But um, there's plenty of safeties out there too. They're, they're, they're two big areas of need for, for Dallas. So if you can pick up, you know, use that 15 million you've just saved from the franchise tag for Dak Prescott for to, to his new deal, 15 million there gets you a, gets you a corner and it's probably a safety as well. So um, th- those are, are kind of Cowboys focused. Um, the other ones, I mentioned Chuck Williams to Indianapolis, just makes a whole lot of sense to me. Ryan Fitzpatrick to Washington, uh, it would be quite fun as well. Uh, and I know, I know you've got someone going to the Bills as well, but I really like Chris Carson going to, to Buffalo uh, or maybe like a, a Mark Ingram to, to get a bit more of a running game going in there. They're guys that have, have, can run in the colder weather and, and, and the, in the north. So they kind of make sense as well for the, for the right price because they've got, um, they're, they're going to be one or two year guys because Josh Allen's got to be paid soon. So, yeah, they, those kind of ones I'd like to see. Yeah, Steve, how about yourself, Mike? Yeah, well, like you said, it's, news is breaking all the time. The Saints have just tagged Marcus Williams to safety, so you know things are moving all the time. And some of the some of the thoughts that I had have already changed. You know, some of the wide receivers, Alan Robinson, um, I didn't think he'd be tagged by the Bears, but there you go. He's, he's, they've they've uh, they've done that. So um, I think it'd be really interesting to see Fitzpatrick go to New England. Um, <laughs> would Bill Belichick take a take a uh, a risk on someone like that? I'm not sure, but you know, could you imagine the storyline? Almost right. Itself, Woo, card. <laughs> you know, if uh, if um, Fitzpatrick goes to New England, he comes back to haunt the Dolphins as as two of falters. The Patriots scrape into the wild card at nine. Uh, and Fitzpatrick wins four straight playoff games. Uh, uh, playoff games. And oh, do, you know, do you know what? Do you know what I love about Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the Patriots? He'd have a full house on his AFC East ticket card. Wouldn't exactly. He? There you go. Oh, make that happen. Some kind of second. NFL pub quiz question for the future. Yeah. Four corners. Go. Looking for four corners. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Yeah, it would be it would be good to see, like you say, certainly from a neutral perspective. With my neutral hat on, um, Aaron Jones is the one I'd like to see at the Bills. I think that Bills offense just lacking a real good running game. I think Aaron Jones is the the best back that's going to hit free agency. Um, you know, he's obviously used to running in the cold weather as well. Um, I think the Seahawks have been cr- uh, crying out for some pass rush help. Uh, they brought in Carlos Dunlap. He made a bit of an impact and his thanks was being released. So thanks for nothing, Carlos Dunlap. Um, but Yannick Ngokwe is one that potentially makes sense um, for me at Seattle. And with my Browns hat on, Levante David or Shaq Barrett from the books would be fantastic additions at the linebacker position. Levante David, if you pushed me to choose one of them. Um, but yeah, obviously, like I say, plenty of news happening and breaking all the time. Anything that really significant happens will uh, obviously keep you posted across all our social channels as always. Right, fellas, just going to finish off very quickly. Like I said right at the outset, we could even get some live NFL this year. Life is starting very, very slowly to return to something like a little bit of normality. Um, and hopefully that means that we will get uh, the international series Back after a one-year COVID hiatus, just very quickly, fellas, just want to know what some of your favourite live NFL moments have been. There might not even be international series. It might be something that you've um, been and seen across the pond, so to speak. So, Steve, let's start with you, mate. 
just quickly, I didn't give any Philadelphia free agents because we're 34 million in the red, so we don't have any cash space. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went to the, the the only international series game I've ever been to, which was the 2018 game when the Eagles played the Jaguars at Wembley. Um, and that was really good. I've, I've only ever been to one. I've never been to any of them, despite the fact they've been in London for, what, seven years, is it now? I think it's seven? Is it something like that? I think it's, I think it's longer than that. I think we're getting on for 10 yeah. years now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go, yeah, Tim's got the programme there, yeah, I've got that somewhere in my room, um, and, they, and the, the Eagles had just won the Super Bowl as well, so that was really exciting to see the Super Bowl oh, Eagles come into town, um, something you wouldn't be familiar with, Tim. No. Uh, but obviously it was a very it was a very different team, but it was still really good to see the the uh, the Eagles play, and it was almost like a home game. There was female, felt like there was more Eagles fans than Jaguars, despite the fact that Jaguars are meant to be the sort of London represented team. So yeah, that probably my my only experience in the states has been college football and LSU, but you know, no other NFL for me. No, oh, excellent, mate. Tim, you've obviously been to your fair share of the international series games, mate. But uh, would that be one of your favourite memories? Well, watching the Eagles playing bloody Wembley. I well, obviously, obviously. <laughs> um, I obviously got to watch Dallas when they when they when they beat and they slaughtered the Jags the, the Jaguars. Um, my, my first one, the, the Saints uh, Saints Chargers game when uh, Drew Brees threw it threw it in the back through the back of the end zone to lose me my bet. Uh, that was uh, not probably not my favourite moment, but yeah, it was a great one of the greatest games that you're on on international series turf. Um, I had uh, on my bucket list obviously go to Dallas and watch a game in Dallas. Uh, the only other probably non the neutral one was probably when uh, Alan Robinson for the Jaguars had that that lovely touchdown in the corner of the end zone against the Bills in that that, that good game as well. Uh, that was a highlight watching that one live. But yeah, no, I've had a fair, had a fair share of international series games. Um, can't wait for it to come to come back. I haven't been to Tottenham yet, so yeah, no, certainly one on the bucket list. My, my I mean, I, I could I could just complete the full house <laughs> and say the international series. I've obviously seen a few. Um, obviously, the the Browns Vikings game. Um, little did I know it was in the middle of an zero sixteen season, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. You saw an Isaiah uh, Crowell touchdown. I did indeed, mate. I got very excited when we went 7-0 up. And <laughs> I should, should have realised at the time that's as good as it was going to get. But uh, my, my favourite live NFL moment probably goes back a couple of years ago. I was in Florida for a Christmas holiday with the family and, uh, as you do, NFL Sunday was always the rest day in between going to the park. So I uh, was drinking in a bar in Kissimmee and uh, I don't know whether you'll recall it or not, fellas, but the, the Steelers basically needed the Browns to beat the Ravens to have a chance of going through to the playoffs. And I just so happened to be sitting at the bar next to a Steelers fan, and it was quite possibly the most enjoyable three and a half hours of my football watching life, watching a Steelers fan cheer on the Cleveland Browns. Um, I didn't pay for many drinks throughout the course of the afternoon. Um, ultimately, the Ravens won the game, but it was a fantastic game. It was Baker's rookie season when he, he sort of came in and, and took the league by a bit of a bit of a storm in his rookie season. Um, like I said, it was a great game. Went backwards and forwards. Got really exciting towards the end. The Steelers fan got his hopes up. And ultimately, yeah, the, the Ravens won the game and the Steelers fan was disappointed. But yeah, it was a, a very, very enjoyable couple you, of hours. Did you, did you wave things. him off? Did you wave him off? I waved him off with a terrible tell, mate. Waved him off with his terrible I got, tell. I got, one, I got one of those. I got one of those as well. I can't because my laptop's on it. But yeah. No. Keep it away from the bathroom, mate. Good as extra toilet paper, <laughs> if you ask me. Right then, right then, fellas. Been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, like you say, I hope you're enjoying the new format. A bit more short, sharp and snappy. A little bit more debate this week as well. So let us know how you think we're getting on with the podcast. We obviously want to make it work for you. Want it to be a little bit different 
um, to some of the other stuff that you potentially get to listen to every week. So let us know across all our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and, of course, the website. As always, if you want some discounts on your NFL merch, check out the codes that we could offer you for the NFL Europe shop. And if you would rather get your goods straight from the good old US of A, uh, check out the lads at Five Star Imports. Really great service from the fellas over there. Get you all of your merch straight from the US. Uh, pretty quick turnaround and like I said great choice of products really good service from Stuart and Neil and all the guys over there at 5 Star that's it for another week fellas this time next week we could have players moving everywhere I think think the lesson for next week Tim is let's not prepare any graphics because you can pretty much guarantee they will be out of date by the time we start recording and we end recording it's going to be a crazy week uh, so keep your eyes peeled to everything full 10 yards. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we will sign off as we do these days, remembering to tell you that our mission is to reinvest back into the game in this country. So, fellas, Brit Ball on three. Three, two, one. Brit Ball. Ball.